The big question is, what are the top entrepreneurs doing to get more sales, dominate their category, and how can you get the same results without chasing likes and comments? It's time to flip the script. This is the Virtually Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Louise Corville. Please subscribe. Let's get started. Welcome. And today we have a another human design projector in your in your presence. And her name is Jen Liddy. And uh, she's going to help us today with your content and how to map out your content with the five steps. And I'm going to get her to explain it, obviously, better than me. So uh, <laughs> welcome, Jen. And please uh, introduce yourself. Tell us where, you know, when you started and how long you've been uh, an entrepreneur and um, any information that you would love to share with us. Sure. Thanks, Louise. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I am a content creation specialist, which is a job that I made up. I was a teacher, a high school teacher and an English teacher for like 150 years. And then I left education to come into the entrepreneurial world where I must have slammed into every brick wall that there was like, you know, just making every mistake, not knowing what I was doing, feeling insecure, all of it. Um, so when I left that first business as it was a brick and mortar fitness studio with two business partners, I left kind of burned out on entrepreneurship and I needed to kind of reassess what I wanted to do. So in that role, I, I learned how to be an operations person and the communications person. So I was kind of operations and, and content. And so Having that background as an English teacher forever and a good writer, like writing is very easy to me. And uh, it, it all just kind of made sense. And eventually I moved from being a general business coach to really just focusing on content and messaging um, and marketing, which ironically in my first business was the thing that terrified me the most. So I want to say to everybody listening, if you are thinking like, oh my God, we're going to talk about content, oh, like it really doesn't have to be scary and I'm going to break it down for you so that it can be customized to you. Cause I think what happens in the marketing world is everybody like kind of shoulds all over us. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. Um, but we're going to talk about how to create, use the system that I'm going to teach you. So it feels more fun and it feels more easy, but actually, so it does the work it's supposed to do. Cause a lot of people are out there like splattering their content everywhere and it's not doing anything for them. They're just like, why am I on this treadmill to nowhere? So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to make content feel more fun, feel more authentic to how you want it to be and actually work for you. Awesome. And I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head. It feels like you are on a treadmill and yes. and, and that it, it just feels like that's all you're doing week in, week out. You're running, running, running. And you're, um, you're not getting anywhere. It feels like it's not coming to fruition. And I love that idea. Now, do you have a name for your five-step framework? I call it the Batchet system. Basically, it's it doesn't, but it's it doesn't like work out beautifully. Like step one is the B, and step two is the A. <laughs> but basically, I'm going to teach you how to batch and repurpose your content, and I'm going to show you how to customize it for you, so that if you like reels, you can use reels. If you like podcasting, you can use podcasting. Like there's no one place that this system works on. It's for general nurturing content. So you can show up consistently for your audience and develop a relationship with them. 
Excellent. And I love that you have, it's whatever platform you're on. And I, and I, I don't know about you, but I don't believe in being omnipresent. I believe that you need to really focus on the one and then dive in with that one platform. And yeah. so, um, and mine happens to be podcasting. And that's why I've created the Virtually Famous podcast, because that is my preference. Um, and I believe that, you know, the product, your content stays around longer, too. You know, um, I and that's the beautiful thing. Once somebody finds like my micro marketing podcast, that I know when somebody's found it new because they binge listen, and it's <laughs> I'm like it's like Netflix. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like somebody's been listening, and so I get that, and I love that you you've created a batch it system. So let's get started. What's your first step when you're building your batch system? Well. We have to start with the end in mind, which for some people feels a little counterintuitive. But for me, it is the most important thing because what do you want your content to do for you next month? So everything I'm talking about today, I want you to imagine that we're going to create your content for next month. And if that freaks you out, I just want you to think about creating your content for next week, right? So we're going to think about what's happening next month in our business. And what are what's going on in your business next month? So step one is all about thinking about your why. Why am I even putting content out? Is it to grow an audience? Like maybe you're just getting started and you need to figure out who are my people in my audience. Or maybe you're at the point where you've got a nice audience and it's time to engage them and you want them to like respond back to you or you want to be in relationship with them. Or maybe you're going to nurture them, right? Like, oh, I have a nice size audience. We're engaged. Now I want to offer them a freebie or I want to offer them a challenge or something. So you're going to do some kind of nurturing. Or next month, Are you selling something? Do you need to convert people? And what I think happens is we get into our content, whatever whatever platform we're on, and we're like, our content has to do everything. And we're like freaking out because we have to grow and engage and nurture and convert. And that just is too, too much. It's ridiculous to expect that. So if we could choose one thing that we're doing next month. So for example, next month I'm running um, a challenge, a five-day challenge about basically how to plan a month of content, right? I'm breaking it down into five days, but it's a, it's an event and I want to nurture people and I will show up every day in that thing. Um, so it's a nurturing event. So all of my content for this month will be about nurturing people to be ready for that thing that's happening it's because we want our content to do the heavy lifting for us. And if we don't know what we're heavy lifting for, then why are we doing this at all? So that's step one. What's your okay. why? And that's a beautiful uh, segue because um, what what happens as entrepreneurs, we instantly want to make things start, you know, we think about it and then we want to implement and it really needs a runway. (laughs) (laughs) Like you need a runway. And, and, and it's just like when I'm doing virtually famous, the book launch, I am right now launching to get people who are going to be on the actual launch team. And so, yes, and I'm marketing the book isn't ready yet. But that is just, you're prepping for it. You know, at corporate, you know, we knew we could see what they were doing. The, you know, the last quarter, we knew what we were doing for the full year. And so they, they had launched, you know, products and marketing programs all mapped out for the year. So yes, I agree with you. You know, a month is not, is very doable. Yeah. And as solopreneurs, sometimes we freak out, like we don't know what we're doing off for the year and we don't know what's going to happen to us. So this gives us a little more sense of control with our 
outcome in our content. But if you think of it, we've been doing this our whole lives because if we were ever in high school and we wanted to go to college, on the last day of high school, we weren't like, and now college. We had been prepping for that all along. But some, for some reason, we don't extrapolate that over into our business. So that's that's why it's step one. But a lot of people rage against that because they feel like, I'm creative. I want to be spontaneous. And for to those people, the highly creative maverick rebel types, it's hard for them to embrace a system or a plan. And so I always say to them, how's your non-plan working for you? How is the spontaneity working for you? And generally what they tell me is they're really not getting anything done anyway. So this, this helps them create a system that feels good to their brain. That's the whole point of it. Great. Awesome. I love that. So step one is end in mind. So now we're on step two. Yep. So step two is pretty um, rinse and repeat. Once you decide your platforms that feel good to you and it's where your audience is, that's where you are. So if like, like for you, Louise, you love podcasting, right? You want to, you want to talk to people, you want to use your voice. It feels fun to you. It feels easy. If you want to repurpose that in other places, you can, but I call this your home base content area. It's the place that feels good to you. And you mentioned before, like, you know, you don't believe you need to be everywhere. And it's a challenge for us, right? Because there's always something new happening. Like, remember when Clubhouse reared its head and everybody was on Clubhouse and then Reels and TikTok and now YouTube Shorts and, oh, maybe I should be blogging too. And so it's so easy to be pulled like taffy because (laughs) we, again, we should all over ourselves. We should be doing this, but what, if it doesn't feel good to you, you're not going to show up there regularly. So I have a client, highly creative, very visual. She said to me the other day, I think I want to start a blog. And I was like, what in the world would you start a blog? You hate writing. You don't, you haven't been writing. You don't have an audience there. You're amazing on Instagram. Like let's go all in on Instagram and grow your audience there. And just to give her permission it's like we need to give ourselves permission, right? Absolutely. So I always say choose your content platform. And I know that a lot of your audience is solopreneurs. So if you are a solopreneur and maybe you have a team member, the maximum number of places you really can realistically expect to be is a maximum of three, right? So what's your home base? And then maybe we can repurpose it in one place or another place. So what this might look like is, uh, for example, maybe you have your podcast and maybe you repurpose some of the highlights into an email and then maybe you share it on Instagram so that you have a little bit of a wider audience always driving them back to your home base content. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in I was never an Instagram person. So um and the only reason I got into Instagram was because of Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And then and then I grew my Instagram and I'm like, okay, this is growing my Instagram, but um I that's not where I want to post. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it depletes you. It, mm-hmm. it, it depletes you because you're not you're not enjoying putting the content up and or creating the content for it. But you know when when you look and you get like six likes or you know one comp, you know what I mean. It really it def- it really does deplete you. And so you know when I, I what I love about you know the micro marketing podcast that podcast is because of the fact that I know what people are downloading and I can see, mm-hmm. you know, which ones are still resonating. Mm-hmm. So it helps build your frameworks when right. you understand what people are, 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 
are, are gravitating towards. I know which ones are being downloaded. I understand. I can see the numbers. So that that's much more, um, you know, because I come from sales and marketing background, that's much more of a numbers game. And that it means something to me. And, and it, you know, the podcast, all, you know, iTunes or whoever you listen to your podcast with doesn't, they're not affecting how you're being, how you're showing the algorithm. Up. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, and I, that's what I love about it. It's like, it's much more organic and I might show up in somebody's, you know, you might want to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, that's the only thing is that some of those partners, sorry, some of those platforms, you, your pro your programs don't show up again. It's so true. And so you have really found the secret sauce for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is like, for me, I really don't love LinkedIn. I can't find my voice there. I feel like it's snooze city. And I feel like it's a lot of, here's something that's a, that I'm posting that I know nobody's going to read, but everybody's going to like, give me some claps for it. I don't like it there. So I don't really spend a lot of time there. Um, so again, step two is choosing your where. So where do you want to be that feels good for you where your audience also is? That's a really important piece, right? Exactly. So if my audience is on is not listening to podcasts, right, then, then having a podcast isn't a good option for me. But I really think kind of, I think there's a but for every seat. Like there's a lot of people in all these different places. And so you have to really love where you are first and then find the audience there for it. Absolutely. And I agree with you on LinkedIn. I try, I keep thinking I should use LinkedIn. I should use LinkedIn. And you know, at the same time, I find it so clunky. It's just a clunky platform. And so I'm I'm right with you on that one. Awesome. So that is um, choosing your where. And now step number three. Yeah. What are we going to say now that we know why we're doing it in step one and we know where we're going to put it? Okay, what am I actually going to say? And this is where I'll take a little bit more time to go into what this looks like. Now, a lot of people make this part really hard. Like, what am I going to say? We have a lot to say as experts. And we also know that our audience needs a lot of information. So a lot of times when we're putting out our our what to say, we are fire hosing our audience with so much information that they cannot possibly consume it. Or for my highly creative people, their ideas are like, bing, 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 bing. So they're constantly putting stuff out that feels really random to their audience. And it's almost like the audience can't follow the thread. So the audience, it, like there's not a sticky audience because they can't stay with you because they're kind of like, Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. And so I'm going to teach you a little bit of a strategy that smooths all that out. We are going to make your content creation easier for you to make and for your audience to consume. So I want you to think of an umbrella. So the the what am I going to say? I want you to think of an umbrella. And it's one theme, idea, subject that your audience needs to hear about. Um, under that theme, and it's going to be pretty broad. There are probably four or five mini topics you could talk about on that theme. I'll give you an example, so don't worry. Um, Those four or five mini topics become a topic for each week of the month. So let me give you an example. Say say next month, I want to talk about the importance of planning. And it's something that my audience needs to work on because my audience is generally waking up every day going, crap, what am I going to post today? Right? Like they're figuring out they're like by the seat of their pants and they're exhausted by it. So then they don't do it. 
So uh, same on my umbrella was planning. And so in week one, I could talk about like, what is planning really mean? Like, what exactly does a plan have to be? Like, maybe we can bust some myths around planning. Maybe week two is just talking about a planning strategy. Like, here are two tools that I really love about planning. Uh, maybe week three, I talk about starting with the end in mind. Planning is a struggle because you don't start with the end in mind. You just kind of jump into the deep end of the pool with both feet. And maybe week four, I talk about planning being, um, hey, even if you're highly creative and you're a rebel and you don't want to plan, here's how we can make it work for your spontaneous brain. And so in that, I've got a month of content and I am talking about planning for a month, which gives me the time to say everything that my audience needs to learn. And it lets them, I call this fish food, basically. It's like, rather than fire hosing them, I give them fish food. So they they take a little piece, they go back down to their castle, they like chew on it for a while. And when they're ready for more, they can come back and take more. And it's very digestible. The other thing is, I've just taken one huge idea that I could have written a huge post about or done an hour long podcast on. And I've broken it up into four or five ideas. I've basically just 5X'd my content, right? So, awesome. so saves me so much time each month. Right. What people will ask me when they're using this system is one, won't my audience get bored with me talking about the same thing for a month? No, they won't because you're going to be talking about a really broad theme, but you're going to be bringing in different stories and examples and busting myths and like, they're going to be able to stay with you and really get it by the end. People need a lot of repetition. They need it in bite-sized chunks. Um, What I will say is you will get bored with your own content before they will, because you know it all. It's like breathing to you, right? Right, right, right. That reminds me um, of Jenna Kutcher. She calls it the JK5. And, you know, Jenna Kutcher from Gold Digger. And basically when she's doing content, that's what she does. She breaks it down into five things. So each week is a different, a little bit different than yours. Yours is the umbrella of planning, but her JK5 is the same each week, whether she's talking about the podcast or the, her course or her family, whatever. It's got everything that she, you know, her business is about. So it's a little bit more uh, abstract, but yours is much more um, condensed and makes more like a lot of sense for sure. That's well, awesome. Every time I take a content training somewhere, because I, I mean, I want to keep learning and what are other people doing? I'm always consistently confused by what other people are teaching because they make it so complicated and it just does not have to be that complicated. There's something your audience needs to learn. You have a lot of things to say about it. If you break them up into like a story, a myth, some background, a short how-to, like boom, you've got a month of content right there and it's all broken up for them. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. And number four. I will say this should be the easiest one, but it's the hardest one for people. Number four is now that you've got a plan and you know your why, you have to put time on the schedule to actually create the content. So this is why... I'm sorry. um, Step four is all about getting it on the calendar. So it's when, when am I going to create this content? We already know what you're going to be doing. Like we already know you're either writing a podcast or you're writing a blog or whatever. You're creating Instagram posts, whatever it is, it's done. You don't have to dither around. You already know what you're going to say, but this is one where people are like, ah, 
no, I actually have to do it. So it's really important to put time in your calendar to create. And this is like the way that I like to think about this is if I don't get on my hair colorist's calendar, I'm out. It's another four weeks before I can see her again. I'm going to have gray hair, like half my head is going to be gray hair. And if I don't get it, like if I don't get it on the calendar, I don't get it done. So I kind of treat my content creation in the same way. It's an appointment that I have with myself and I don't cheat on myself when it comes to time to doing it. Awesome. That's funny because that's exactly what I'm like. Um, uh, So, okay. So I'm starting to see a little theme here. My brain is working in the theme here and I'm starting to see, you know, why, where, what, when, when, (laughs) and number five. Well, number five is like, where else? Okay. Which repurposing, like now that you've created this thing and you've actually sat down on your calendar and you made it, you wrote it, you recorded it, whatever. This is not a one and done thing. This is not a one night stand with your, (laughs) with your content. We're going to be in a relationship with your content and we're going to repurpose it. So where else, how else, what else, right? Um, So you've got that home base that you made, but you also probably on step two chose one or two other places it could go. So repurposing does not mean you take the thing and you you take your podcast and you have it transcribed and you slap it up into a blog. It means maybe you take your podcast and you have it transcribed and now you like zhuzh it a little bit. Maybe you weave in a little bit more or you take out a little bit depending on how it looks when it's written. You add in some visuals, you create some headlines, you make it readable with white space. Maybe it means you pull out some of your most beautiful gems um, and you use those as an Instagram story or you you turn them into a reels or whatever it is you want to do um, for, for like bite-sized nuggets, basically. So it doesn't mean you're just splattering it everywhere. You really have to be intentional about it, um, but it doesn't really take as much time as people think it needs to take. And also, honestly, a lot of people don't consider repurposing. They just don't even like think about it because they're like, oh, people have already seen my thing and I've already done it and now that's it. But there's a couple of things to remember. One is that if you're on social media, only one to 2% of our audience sees what we post, right? One Mm -hmm. to 2%. And even if you have a really engaged email list, and say 30% of your people are opening your emails, that means 70% of your people didn't get to see it. So imagine what would happen if you gave it a new subject line, or a few months later, you you repurpose it and sent it to the people who didn't see it or repurpose it in other ways. Um, We really forget that people, it used to be, I think, like nine seconds we had, but we really have like three seconds of attention span. And so we, we could have said something and people maybe never saw it, never held on to it. And it's okay to say things several times because people need a lot of touch points for the point to make sense to them. That's awesome. And it's true. Um, And I think that that's, that's the key is like when I'm writing up my podcast, I'm always I write it up first and then I, and then I give it. And then what I do is I, then I immediately put it on the website, but then I also send out an email. All three of those things get done. That's the problem why I have a hard time hiring somebody to do my content because they're not in my brain. And, and, you know, and I probably could figure out how to teach that to them, but 
um, that's my, that's my thing um, for me, but I love I think that. That's a little- I think that you have to be in a certain place in your business with your message mastered and knowing yeah. what before you can really hire it out effectively. But a lot of us are doing our content. I love doing my content. I can tell you love doing your content, but there's a lot of people out there listening who maybe feel like, oh, well, content always falls to the bottom or I never get it done or like, I'm kind of BSing myself and telling myself that it's not important, but it is important and you have to do it. And so creating a relatable system that works for you, that you can customize to yourself. I mean, I'm giving you permission all over the place. Where don't you want to be? What don't you want to do? You know, what don't you want to say? Like take those off the table until you build up the muscle and it becomes enjoyable. It's, it's going to feel a little bit hard it's like get, getting back into shape or starting with an eating plan that feels better for your body. But once you use a system and you show up regularly and you see results from it, like people start engaging with you and people start yeah. buying from you. And yeah. we both know that that's a long game, right? It is a long game. I know. Yeah. I've been at this for six years. Um, and so what I wanted to know is with all of the content that you, you do um, and all of the products that you use, which tool do you love to use and that you would recommend to the, um, to the audience? Yeah. My team uses several different ones. Um, we use Otter for transcribing, mm-hmm. which isn't actually my favorite transcription service. My favorite transcription service is Happy Scribe. But between the two of them, we use those two transcription services. Um, my team uses later for scheduling out social media. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what else do we use? Those are our kind of automation things. I'm using like my email system is Kajabi. My website's all on Kajabi. So everything is kind of in one place. I'm using like a one service for email and website and landing pages and all of that. Um, but in terms of like really simple planning, I literally sit down every month with it's like a blank document. What is my theme for the month? And right. what are four or five things I need to say about this thing? And it's just kind of like, I bullet point it out. So then I know where at least I'm going. So that there's nothing fancy about that. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I use Trello a lot. Like oh, yes, if, I'm, yes. if I'm moving the cards around, I can, I know what I've done and, you know, it's completed. Um, and then I also use Asana with um, the, the, the team that, because then they can see the lists of things that they need to do. And so yep. I like the, the Asana side versus for that versus the um, Trello. Trello is for my brain and Asana is yep. for their lists. So they know what lists, what they need to get done. So yeah, my um, team uses, um, uses something. I, I, I honestly don't know what it is because my brain can't handle whatever it is they're using. So <laughs> they, we, we created the system. They put it into their thing that they love. I like Trello, but Trello wasn't robust enough for them. So they're mm-hmm. using, and I, so I have two amazing VAs and they're like doing all of that great work, but I can't even remember what it's called, but I personally use Trello for my own, like keeping yeah. track of stuff. Yeah. It's very simple. Exactly. Wow. Well, that was um, amazing. And thank you so, so much for sharing your system um, for that. And as we know, we both are systems kind of people and we Mm -hmm. like processes and we like to perfect them. And, um, and you were like the perfect person to be on the podcast 
as the number one first person on the virtually famous podcast. Oh, and wow. So, exciting. Yeah. So that, that one is, I'm, I'm batching up for that launch. And so mm-hmm. that's the other launch I'm doing at the same time as the virtually oh, famous exciting. book. So, um, yeah, so we'll, I'll, you know, um, I appreciate you being a part of it and, um, My pleasure. thank you so much. And how can them, people get a hold of you? So if you want to see this system all mapped out and also have a few samples, if you go to jenliddy.com slash planner, there's a downloadable it's, it's totally fillable with lots of examples that takes you through this. So every so if you're a listening person and you're like, I didn't write it down, it's all in that planner. So go ahead and download that. That's at jenliddy.com slash planner. And I'm a one-end Jen, so that's easy. Yes. Um, but really, I'm on, um, I'm on, I'm all in all the t- typical places. I'm in Instagram, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, although that feels a little um like there's a little tumbleweedy on Facebook right now, but you can find me at Jen Liddy Coach, and I'm pretty much anywhere there. Okay, and uh, what I'll do is I'll put them in the show notes. Oh, wonderful! All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Louise, and thank you to everybody who listened. Bye for now. Bye.